Way back on episode 641, I took a look at Netflix, and we're going back to that idea, but we're looking at binge-worthy and binging. If you think about it, Netflix was one of the first companies to really let you just dive into their content, and there's nine strategies that I saw when I looked at just binging. How do I make things binge worthy and easy to binge. So I've got nine tips for you. We also bid adieu to Facebook and their half-baked stab at podcasting. And if you're using Zoom, you want to listen to the end because you have, you haven't heard it. There's some bad news about Zoom if you're using it to record interviews. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the show, this is where I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And today I'm going to start off with a little quick tip, and then we're going to get into how to make your episode binge-worthy. So today's quick tip is a little bit of a history lesson, and that is Facebook, which many of you might not even know this, Facebook almost launched a podcast initiative. It never really barely made it out of the U.S. It was an easy to implement, we're going to talk about easy things today. And in a nutshell, I'm not sure. I mean, it would have been great. Obviously, there's eight gazillion people using Facebook. I'm just not sure that most people are looking to spend 45 to, I don't know, an hour listening to a podcast on Facebook. Now, some people might really enjoy that, but nonetheless, it wasn't launched very well. And in, I think it was 10 months, they went, yeah, we're leaving. And now some people are like, oh my gosh, Facebook is backing away. Well, so did Yahoo. <laughs> so did Odeo. And you're like, what's an Odeo? Odeo was this big, huge directory back in the early, early, early days of podcasting. It went away and then it came back. They changed their name. They rebranded to something called Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, Twitter started off as a, a podcasting platform. There have been other big companies. Yahoo back in the day had a directory. Microsoft had Zune. So there have been other companies that jumped into podcasting and then they jumped out. And so I say this in the event that you're like, ooh, maybe this podcasting thing isn't as cool as I thought it was. And in the same way that the movie industry, which has had its problems, thanks to our good friend COVID, has had the same kind of scare when VCR tapes came out and when Laserdisc came out, they're like, oh, what's going to happen to that? No, that's that's such a unique experience. I love going to the movies, especially if it's a big blockbuster and there's King Kong or something's exploding. I want that vibrating seat and the overpriced popcorn. I want that experience. And so consequently, does everybody remember when Clubhouse was going to kill podcast? Podcasting is so cool. It's just, I said it in 2005. I said, I think this podcasting thing is going to change the world. And this is not a big deal, I guess, is the bottom line of that. So what does work in podcasting is 
listening to your audience, finding out what they want. And this is what I teach at the School of Podcasting. There are all sorts of fun ways to do that. And then give them what they want. Now, that sounds simple, and it is, but it's not easy. And so what we're going to get into today is, and I want to thank Chris Holyfield. He invited me to speak at a Utah kind of online podcast group, and he gave me the topic. He goes, what makes a podcast binge-worthy? And I was like, that's a really good question. So I spent a few weeks looking this up, and I'm going to share what I found right after this. And if you're a member of the School of Podcasting, you've already heard this presentation. And if you are a Ask the Podcast Coach awesome supporter, you've also already heard this presentation. I've kind of revamped it a little bit and added some things to it. But for the most part, it's a rerun for you. And I don't want you to get to the end of this episode and go, I already heard that, man. So let's talk about binging. Now, if you've never heard that phrase, This was almost invented by Netflix where they would release a series and instead of having to tune in every Sunday night at nine is what I'm doing right now on HBO to watch my series on the the Los Angeles Lakers every Sunday at nine. Now, granted, I time shift that and watch it later. But when I was able to watch an entire series, you would pop three bowls of popcorn, strap on a diaper and off you were to the couch don't bother me. And binging was born. And in fact, right now, this uh, speaking of Netflix, I just watched last weekend, seven episodes of Ozark in about a day and a half. Then I got together with my brother and my niece who all of us were kind of, Hey, you know, the last season of Ozark is finally here. And we all binged and we all got together to talk about it. So When we think about this, this is the let's make everyone wet their pants part of the uh, discussion today. Number one. How do I make something binge worthy? Well, first of all, it's it's not easy because let's let's stop a second and actually think about that, because what we're really asking is what are you offering your audience that they should spend their time consuming not just one, but several episodes that statement is a little scary. You're like, oh, yeah, what, what am I delivering for multiple? I mean, everybody's busy. Holy cow. So I'm not saying that to make you feel inferior or my show isn't that good. But let's put things into perspective. It has to be good. Right now, if you we've seen those. We, we'll we'll talk about this in a bit. I've had those seasons. I'll get like halfway through and go, eh, all right, well, this is not delivering any value. We just talked about that in the last question of the month. People said, well, I, I don't have any room for more podcasts, but if they deliver value, I will find time. And those podcasts that are maybe not delivering as much as they used to will find their way to maybe the scrapyard or plan B. Number two. So first of all, we have to get them to click play. And I've said this over and over in multiple episodes. Your title of your episodes are important. I've talked about the headline studio from CoSchedule. I use that to help come up with titles. Most of the time, 
We are tired. It's the last thing we do. We probably should flip that around and come up with a title of our podcast and make sure then everything that we talk about reinforces that title. But we got to get them to click play. And when you name something and you write this out, episode 27, Dave Jackson Power Hour, that's a horrible title. We don't care about the number. If you want to put the number, put it in at the end and abbreviate it to EP27. I don't recommend that. Apple has a field for that. So we got to get them to click play. And that means we have to have good episode titles. And so in some cases, what you can do is simply come up with some episode titles, brainstorm a few, and then go, which one would make me click? And one strategy that I read about was being somewhat contrarian. So for example, let's say title A is, are coin flips the best way to solve a dispute? Well, most of us would probably go, well, yeah, that's pretty fair. And then you might come up with the contrarian where you go, coin flips aren't as unbiased as you think. That might make somebody go, wait a minute, what? Because that challenges something that we've all agreed upon. So sometimes being the contrarian can get people to think. Even if later you go, actually, it turns out it's 50-50. But that title got them to click play. And in different articles and videos and more articles and more videos as I researched this subject, there was one thing that came up over and over. And that was basically number three, get your audience asking what happens next. My friend, Scott Johnson over at the show, what was that like? He has these people who have these horrendous stories and just if you're a regular listener of the show, as soon as you hit play, you're like, okay, what's going to happen this week? And the one I just listened to, somebody had a tree fall on them. And yeah, just it's always like, okay, and then what happened? So even if you're doing a product review, when I used to watch back in the day, there were these uh, two old white guys. There was the bald guy and the fat guy, Siskel and Ebert. And I was watching just to see was the bald guy going to say, yeah, I like this movie. Because if the bald guy liked it, I was probably going to like it. So I tuned in kind of going, oh, this movie has Tom Cruise in it. I wonder what the bald guy thinks. So even if it's not like a story story, if you're doing a review or something, if you can kind of hold off some of that information and get people wondering about this. Now, why does the whole, I wonder what's going to happen next, why is that so important? And this goes back to 1927 by Dr. Bluma Zagarnik, I believe is how you pronounce her name. And she came up with this and she said, look, the, the thought is our minds quickly forget finished tasks. However, our minds are programmed to continually interrupt us with reminders of unfinished tasks. Now for me, I was like, I totally get this. I remember when I was in college, I took a course on Africa and I had to memorize all the different countries inside the continent of Africa. And I could rattle those bad boys off until I took the test, right? I completed that task and my brain went, okay. It was like an Etch-A-Sketch. It was like, okay, shake it up. And that information is gone. So in podcasting, someone's brain might prompt the listener to finish that episode if they hadn't finished it. And so we're going to talk about that. How do I get things to be somewhat 
unfinished, but not to the point of being frustration. Number four. Another idea is when you talk about a previous episode. And so let's say I started off this show. I'm like, hey, welcome to episode 826. Today, we're going to be talking about how to make your show binge-worthy. If you weren't around for last week, if you go to schoolgoodpodcasting.com slash 825, we talked with Connie Albers about how she overcame her fear of technology and now is a regular on TV and radio. Now, that actually is not really a great tease. We'll talk about that because I just gave you the whole story. But, and then at the end of the show, I'm going to say, hey, in next week's episode, I'm going to be talking with Danny Pena and wait till you hear what happened to Danny in Times Square in New York City. So now you've got three points of content. You've got today, we're talking about binge-worthy. Last week, we're talking about overcoming fears. And the following week, something really cool happened to Danny Pena. And that may have your audience going, well, I, A, these all sound like something I want to listen to. And B, I want to know what happens next with Danny Pena. So that's something that you can do with increasing that. I wonder what's going to happen next. And when I was growing up, I drove around. I was, uh, I started off, I was a copier repairman. And then later I got into training and I would drive to different companies and do training there. And so I was always listening to Howard Stern. And if you're outside the U S Howard Stern was a syndicated radio host all across all the U S And he was known as a shock jock because he would say words like penis. I know. Scary. Hide your children. (laughs) Well, he ended up making a movie about his life and how he grew to be this hugely popular DJ. It's called Private Parts. Get it? (laughs) Um, And I'm going to play a small clip. And this is where his boss wants to fire him, wants to get him off the air. He's causing all sorts of headache. And I believe this is some sort of, you know, executive that has come through and has a ratings report on Howard, and they start talking about his listeners and the people who hate him. The average radio listener listens for 18 minutes. Mm -hmm. The average Howard Stern fan listens for, are you ready for this? An hour and 20 minutes. How can that be? Answer most commonly given. I want to see what he'll say next. All right. Okay. Fine, but what about the people who hate Stern? Good point. The average Stern hater listens for two and a half hours a day. But but if they hate him, why do they listen? Most common answer. I want to see what he'll say next. So maybe we should rename that Zagarnik effect, the Stern effect. I mean, another way to think about this, have you ever tried to go to sleep with something on your mind and your brain just won't let it go? And you start thinking, wait a minute, where did I leave that whatever it is that you lost? And then you start thinking about really weird things like maybe it's in the freezer. It might, it could be in there, right? Your brain just won't let it go. So, and I'm here to tell you everything I researched on this, this was the key ingredient. And I looked at some of the things that I watch. So there was a show on HBO called Succession. It's about a rich family, so you have all these characters with an older father running a huge media empire, and all the kids love each other as they stab each other in the back, and they're all trying to position themselves to take over for when dear old dad decides to retire. I liked it the first time back in the 80s when it was called Dallas. If you just substitute uh, oil 
for a media company, and I'm here to tell you the dark humor in Succession is why I love it. So you've got characters, and you got, I wonder what's going to happen because people are nuts. Then I watch Better Call Saul, and this is a classic good versus evil. Saul's real name is Jimmy. Jimmy was a nice guy, but he changed his name to Saul, and he's kind of working maybe for the wrong people, and so I'm not sure who's going to win, Jimmy or Saul. Same thing, I really like the show Barry on HBO. He's a uh, guy that used to be a soldier. Now he's a hitman, but he's he found acting, and he wants to get out of being a hitman to be a full-time actor. If we look at, I mean, we could keep adding a bunch of these. Tiger King was just filled with, wait, what? Huh? Oh, I wonder what's happened next. And even The Sopranos. I mean, the nice thing about all of these although they do have similarities. I mean, Barry is similar to Breaking Bad, where you have a good guy that is doing bad things. And The Sopranos is unique in the fact that I don't remember any Godfather movies where they're like, I got somebody who can help with their head. I got a shrink. He's going to take care of you. Right, I don't remember too many people going to psychiatrists in old mob movies, so that set that apart. So there is something in most of these that sets them apart. But a lot of it is, I wonder what's going to happen next. Even The Sopranos, and spoiler alert, although this, you know, The Sopranos have been out for, what, 30 years now, something like that. Uh, they whack regular people all the time. Same thing with Game of Thrones. You're like, wait, what? They killed what? Yeah, so that I wonder what's going to happen next is huge. So how do we add that Zagarnik effect to our podcast? And by taking some thought, and looking at what am I trying to tell my listener and then determining how to provide this information in a way that isn't giant, you know, just a giant dump of info. And if I was thinking about this, I should name this episode like five ways to make your show more bingeable. And yeah, you can kind of figure it out that uh, that's exactly what I'm doing. And then I could say, all right, number three, the Howard Stern effect and you're in your head, you're kind of, you got the uh, theater of the mind going on. You've got maybe one, two, three, four, five written on a invisible chalkboard in your head. And now we're writing in number three. There are all sorts of things you can do to get people asking, I wonder what's going to happen next. Number five. Another strategy that Netflix uses to enable binge watching is they make it easy to binge. And this is something I see a lot of, and that is people will put, if, if they, A, do you have a website? You should. B, if you have a website, do you have a way to make it easy to subscribe and or follow to your show? That is the thing that we can do like Netflix. Because if you think about it, when you're binging an episode, you can see how many seasons it is and how many episodes there are. Well, how do you do that in a podcast by getting people to follow and subscribe to your show. Then they can see everything. Maybe on your website, you only show the last four or five on the front page without having to go down to the next page. When they follow your show on Apple or whatever it is, now they can see all of the episodes and it's easy to cherry pick those. And Netflix, they make it so easy to binge. In fact, they kind of make it hard to not binge if you're watching an episode, there are times when you're looking for the remote and you're like, wait, where's, where's the remote? It's, it's here. Oh, oh, and then it starts the next episode and you're like, all right, one more. 
You've got like three seconds to find that remote. It's crazy. So they make it super easy. And we can do that by making it easy to follow and subscribe to our show. We can have a page on your website that says subscribe slash follow, and you can have all your links there. I recommend Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. If you have an email list, put it there and then set up your email list to automatically tell people when a new episode is out. And that is something that you can do because it puts all of your episodes right there. And that again goes back to those episode titles. They will cherry pick those. And this is what's really, I see this happen. I work at Libsyn and I have people that will say, Hey, there's a problem with my podcast. And I'm like, what's happening? Well, I got this huge spike. Now for the record, huge is a relative term. So if you're only getting five downloads and you just got 20 Well, I get that. It looks huge because you got four times the number of downloads. But what happened is somebody probably told somebody else about that. And if you have five episodes and you tell four people and all four people download all five shows, you just got 20 downloads. And that's in some cases, all it takes is somebody to tell a friend and they will go back and cherry pick because you have these great episodes. And in some cases, they're cherry picking And if the next couple episodes deliver value, then they will follow and then they will subscribe. Number six. Another strategy that Netflix puts into action is the fear of missing out, sometimes called FOMO. And what they have is like, here's the top 10 things that people are listening to in whatever, the U.S. And you kind of feel like, well, if I don't watch this stuff, I'm not going to be able to talk about it around the, the water cooler at work or in the next Zoom meeting or whatever. So they have this whole fear of missing out. They also will say, hey, here's some things we found for you, which is kind of like, oh, how nice of you, except half the time those are things that I would never watch. Or they kind of go back to that Zagarnik effect and they like, hey, remember when you started to watch this old thing? And you're like, yeah. And then you kind of go, oh, maybe I should finish that. All these things to get you to press play. So how do we induce the fear of missing out in our podcast? And this is where our social media comes into play. And what you want to do is treat your posts like sales material for your followers so that they can tell their followers about your podcast. We're going not for your follower, but for your follower's follower, because your follower probably already knows you have a podcast. That's something to think about. So We want them to kind of get that fear of missing out. Oh, this is one of my favorite shows. I love to listen to it. Wait till you hear episode 26 where they talk about Netflix. Fear of missing out. You can also add links in your episode description to link to previous episodes. Those links help boost your SEO, your search engine optimization, better known as Google juice. And it makes it easy there's that phrase again, to go deeper for those people that go, oh yeah, he did mention that. I wanted to, and they go deeper. And the deeper they get, it's another chance for you to develop that relationship with your audience. There's actually a cool plugin from WordPress. I learned about this from Mark over at podcastbranding.co. If you need any kind of artwork or website, go check out Mark. It's called Link Whisperer. And basically it helps you say, hey, you're talking about this subject. You talked about it over here on your WordPress site. You might want to link these two things together. It's actually pretty cool. 
and it makes it easy. Speaking of easy, how can I get my best content to my brand new potential listener? How can I get that to them? I'll tell you in just a second. Now, I know this is going to sound weird, but what if you have a friend and they come up to you and they go, you know, everybody keeps talking about this show called Friends, and I have never watched a single episode. Now, after you pick your jaw off the floor, you might recommend an episode or two. You might go, oh, check out the one where they have to move the couch, and Ross just keeps screaming, pivot, pivot, pivot. Right? That's the one you want to watch. Or if you're if you get somebody who's never watched Seinfeld, then you might say, Oh, puffy shirt. No, no, watch the soup Nazi. Or no, that that one about the shrinkage in the pool. Yeah, right. You're gonna tell them how to get to the good stuff because you want them to get hooked on the show like you are. And Netflix does this as well. Right? They're always saying, here's what's hot, here's what's good, top ten, all this other stuff. So how do we get our best episodes into the ears of our new potential listeners. Well, number seven, I've seen a few people do this. And of course, my buddy Jordan Harbinger over at jordanharbinger.com, who gets six-figure downloads per episode, he has his show broken into topics with different episodes and links to those episodes in kind of a what I'm going to call a show player. Some people call them a jukebox. It's a box with multiple episodes in it, so you can just hit play. And because Jordan knows the value of easy, under this little box of multiple episodes, he has links to those episodes for those people that want to go deeper. Now, I mentioned earlier I work for Libsyn, and you can add categories into your Libsyn account and then create this show player, this jukebox that has all the episodes that have that category that you just made up, which is pretty cool if you have shows with, like this show, I might have episodes about gear, I might have other shows about strategies, I might have other shows about mental stuff, right? I could have a show player with all those different categories. It's pretty handy. Now, if you're going, well, great, Dave, but my show's not on Lipson. And it should be. Use the coupon code SOP free to get a free month. But what if you're like, nah, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. Okay. If your show is on Spotify, and it should be, it's the number two way that people find podcasts right now, or or at least are listening. You can go into Spotify and make a playlist for your whatever you want to call it. Start here or something like that. And then you go in, you find your podcast and you add the episode to that playlist. It's pretty sweet. Then, how do I get that playlist on my website? You can embed that player, that playlist, I should say, onto your website. So you can make a page on your website that says start here and have your best episodes right there. And what are you going to have under that player? You guessed it. Subscribe and follow links to Apple, Google, Spotify, and Amazon. So you can get people to your best information because you know, maybe that last episode, eh, it was, it was good, but it wasn't like, you know, great. Number eight. Now, another thing that takes time and practice and thought is teasing your audience. 
and we've talked about this before, we talked about the importance of wondering what's going to happen next, but you don't want to tease to say, hey, wait till you hear about the guitar I found in my grandpa's attic. It's worth $4,000. I'll tell you about it in just a second. Well, I just told you everything. But if I said, wait till you hear about the guitar I found in my grandpa's attic, you probably think, yeah, I bet it's worth something. But if I said, wait till you hear what I found in my grandpa's attic, okay, now maybe that's a little more of a tease. And again, it's just a matter of trying it a couple different ways and going, which one makes me want to either click or listen or whatever. And so if I say, you're not going to believe what happened to Danny Pena in Times Square, it's something that no other indie podcaster has ever had this done. Do you want to know what happened? Well, then, and this is what I'd say, to get this episode, the minute it's available for free, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe, schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe. And notice I slowed down on the second one because I was excited and I said, schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe. Nobody caught that. You don't get any awards for saying it fast. Slowly, specifically, and confidently always say your website. Number nine. Now, some items have things that are kind of built to be binged. I'll give you an example. If your podcast is walking people through some sort of process or a story, if I'm doing a radio drama, for lack of a better phrase, some sort of you know fictional drama story, things like that, I'll give you an example. I was hired to do a podcast about a documentary. The documentary was about podcasting. It's called The Messengers. And at the beginning of every episode, I said, hey, welcome to episode five or whatever it was of The Messengers. This podcast is best listened to from episode one forward. And I went through and I made, there's a setting in your podcast in most media hosts that allows it to be listed, at least in some apps, not all, from the oldest to the newest. In that case, it would be episode one through whatever. But that was an example where it didn't really make much sense to walk into the middle of the movie, or in this case, walk into the middle of the podcast about the movie about podcasting. So that one kind of has binging built into it. But you might want to remind your audience, hey, you might want to start at episode one as this is episode 17, and you don't know what's going on. You've literally walked into the middle of a movie. So a couple final things as we start to wrap up this talk about being binge-worthy. The content has to be relevant. And I like that adjective because that's really what it has to be. It has to be something that's like, ooh, I need this. This is relevant to my life. Now that could be, I really need this content because it makes me laugh. It doesn't always have to be some sort of problem-solving thing where I'm helping you paint your house for under a hundred bucks. It doesn't have to be that specific. It could be, I've got a horrible job. I'm in a horrible relationship. I need a laugh and you just made me laugh. That's just as important. The other thing is be yourself. And in some cases, that's what it will take to make you stand out from the crowd. And so I hear people occasionally 
that when they get behind a mic, all of a sudden they're talking like this because they think this is how I'm supposed to sound. I am, look at me, I am passionate and I am excited about my content. And then you meet them at Podcast Movement and they go, hey, Dave, how's it going? You're like, why aren't you talking like this? Because that's, yeah, don't do that. Just be yourself. Be excited, absolutely. But, eh. you know, now, granted, if you're doing some sort of role-playing, et cetera, et cetera, you know what I mean by that. The other thing is remember, try to get your audience thinking, I wonder what's going to happen next. I wonder what's going to happen next and make it easy to get to your content. I can't stress that enough. It's not enough to just put your information out there. You want to list your podcast in all the different directories so that when your audience goes, oh, I listen in Castro and you go, oh yeah, I'm not, not in Castro which I think that's one of the ones that if you're in Apple, you're automatically in like 39 different directories just by being an Apple. So definitely be an Apple. But those are some things to think about when it comes to making your show binge worthy. I wanted one more little tip here. If you're using Zoom, the free version for recording interviews, they have done away with their unlimited time. You now have 40 minutes to do your interview and everybody is asking, where's another free one? I would say, why aren't you asking how much is it to pay for Zoom? Zoom is $15 a month. Squadcast is 20. I know CleanFeed has a free version. Zencaster has a free version, but just realize that many times with the free version, you are getting what you pay for. And so when you have a headache, go, yep, you just saved 15 bucks, three cups of coffee at Starbucks. So I realize that we all have different budgets and different times, but I just, to me, I'm like every hobby I have, I have to spend a little money to enjoy it. And isn't your enjoyment half the fun? I know so many people like, look, I don't want to make money. I just want to have fun. Well, You're not having fun when you're losing an interview or things of that nature. So just something to think about. But I know I've been seeing in different Facebook groups where people are getting surprised. Like all of a sudden in the middle of their interview, they're like, yep, see you, bye. So if you're using the free version of Zoom, either upgrade or go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 826. I'll have a link to other tools you can use from in the future. Like I mentioned, I've got interviews with Mark Bologna from Beyond Bourbon Street. I've got Danny Pena coming up. And I just bought a new microphone just because I knew everybody was going to ask me about it called the PreSonus Revelator, where you basically have all this built-in audio processing into the microphone. So I'm still playing with it, but that will be a review. You'll see that pop up on my YouTube channel. And speaking of of free things... My last video was all about how why free media hosts don't work. And I'll put a link to that again out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 826. Thanks so much for listening. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. have said this over and over and over ago. Ah, crap. Over and over and over ago. To grandmother's house we go.
So that whole Zagarni, Zagarnik, what was that effect? Uh, Zagarnik. Sounds like a pickle. I'll take a jar of Zagarnik's. Way back on episode 641, we looked at different things that Netflix was doing. Netflix? What's a Netflix? It's just one. They just have one movie. Netflix. Netflix. 